Welcome to The Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas, and at least one good story. First thing, the first thing I'd like to ask is for your permission to distribute your voice and your story. Yeah, that's not a problem. Thank you so much. Of course, you know, if you end up saying something you regret, you can tell me and I yeah. won't publish it. Okay. Uh, and no guarantee that it will be good enough. <laughs> okay. But, uh, so, first question, Gordon, can you describe where we are? Uh, we're probably halfway over Middle England in nice sunny weather, traveling to Edinburgh from London. So and we're in a plane in a Ryanair. And uh, you want to do a brief rhetorical analysis of the uh, the colors around us? Well, <laughs> if you really want to know, it's all pale yellow and blue, everything. And how does that make you feel? Slightly sick. <laughs> it's really rather. I think I was making my dark. Yeah. Sorry, things don't lead around the those pages. Just passing the amount of means. You can edit out. So, where are you from? I'm from Edinburgh. I live in Edinburgh. Could you describe yourself, your appearance for the yeah. audience? Give them a, a mental image okay. of yourself. I'm a, an old geezer. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm not quite an old age venture, but I'm quite close to it. So I'm 62. <laughs> so, but I have fun. I have lots of fun. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing on this trip, having fun. <laughs> And I've had a lot of fun, so the trip's been worthwhile. Fantastic. And I don't do very much. I, uh, I'm semi-retired, and I like to sort of play around with lots of things. You were telling me uh, you sell Danish furniture, right? Yeah, I sell all sorts of furniture from the 50s and 60s, which is, you know, really has to be good quality. It has to be made of wood, no chipboard. No, you know, modern, here today, gone tomorrow, classic stuff, and uh, it's very, very popular, because youngsters want something that lasts, they don't want an Ikea anymore, they've tried it once, they don't want it again. I'll second that. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's been to Ikea, everyone's bought something, and then when they move house, it falls to bits, so now they want what their grandmother has because that's lasted. And every all the youngsters now look at all the joints and they're very knowledgeable about the furniture. And I love selling them things that will last and will go up in value as well. So that's what I do. I sell that kind of thing. Do you have a favorite uh, chair? Uh, yes, I think I do, actually. Um, 
My favorite chair is the Chairmaker's Windsor chair made by Urkel. It's a traditional English chair that goes back to the 1600s. Very comfortable. There's no glue in it. It's all made with mechanical joints, wedges and uh, good quality joints. And so it's not affected by the heat, by the sun. It'll last forever. Once again, good. And can be repaired. Hope you're enjoying this flight with us. Can I have your attention just for a few oh. moments while I tell you about our flight to win Scratch Card Game? Now you know what kind of flight we're on. Yeah. I'd rather she didn't tell us about it. For our Lucky Irish Bundle, you see seven Scratch Cards for the price of five. It's just ten euros or eight pounds fifty. travel stories. 
so I'm curious, Gordon, what kind of traveler are you? Uh, I'm quite adventurous. I cycled all over Europe. I cycled to the Arctic Circle. But I've traveled in some quite dangerous places as well. Uh, in 1986, I was summoned to see the head of a family who had married. And he had given the command that I must go. So there was a lot of pressure on me to go. I had to get, <coughs> had to travel to Iran at the time when the war was on, and it was quite difficult. This was 1986. Yeah. The war between Iran and Iraq. Iraq yeah, yeah. It was still on. And wait, I'm sorry. Why? Why were you summoned there? By who? By the head of the family, who was a very important man. The head of your family? No, my wife's family. Your wife's family. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. There was a lot of pressure, but I thought, yeah, no, that sounds interesting, I'll go. So, my wife set off, and I didn't, I couldn't get a flight because they wouldn't let me on the aircraft. I'd, I'd got 46 passport photographs that I'd sent, and I'd been to the embassy three times to get the visa. I eventually got the visa, they wouldn't let me fly. So, my wife said, oh, it's easy, just go to Turkey and get the train. So, <laughs> easy. Yeah. So I went to Turkey and I thought, right, I'll just go to the train station and buy a ticket. And I went to the train station and they said, oh no, the train's gone. The last one left in 1946. <laughs> so there's no train, so I went by bus with a whole lot of uh, Iranians. We went to eastern Turkey, which is quite sinister. Quite you know? sinister? Oh yeah, it's quite dangerous. And the, the Iranians were not liked in eastern Turkey. When you went to any of the supermarkets, it said 40 lira or 40 whatever, and they charge you 80 or 100, because it was, you were Iranian, you were on the Iranian bus. So it was pretty miserable. And it was miserable all the way through Turkey. The police would come on, look at your passport, and then throw it back at you. And it was, you know, it was quite sinister. Got to the got through the Turkish customs onto the Iranian side. Handed over the passport. His face dropped. You know, English, <laughs> not good. <laughs> so he opened it up. He said, oh, Scotland. He said, is Scotland? He said, he said yes, Scotland. Now, the background to this was that Iran had played Scotland football in the World Cup and had beat them. And the Iranians are really keen on football. So he said, oh, is Scotland? He said, Kenny Dalglish, and I nodded, so, yeah, Kenny Dalglish, famous football player, and he said, waved me through, and he was, and after that, everything was absolutely fine, they were really happy, you know, because I wasn't English, I was Scottish, and they empathised with the Scots, so, it was, I thought I was going to be in trouble, but I, it was fine, and the radio people are fantastic, 
about their their character. They're not religious at all. You think they are, but they're not. They just love fun. They like drinking. They like in moderation. <laughs> but they're fun. They're fun people, and they you know they actually don't hate the English that much. The English, you know, have done bad things over the years, but they've also, you know, people kind of admire them for some of the things they've done. So, yeah, that was a, something that uh, turned out in a really nice way. Yeah. Could have been bad. Sure. <laughs> so, did you absorb Iranian culture deeply? I mean, being married to an Iranian woman, did this... Uh, impact you in any way or change no, you? said you, really, you speak really. Farsi, right? Yeah, I speak a little, because it's quite easy to learn. Um, no, my wife is very westernized you know, and studied here. And the, their family travel a lot, so you know, they, most of them now live in the States or in Canada. So, no, it was, they were a fun family. They'd all traveled and studied at Oxford or different places, stuff in London, and uh, yeah, I, I I liked the culture, because probably because I was living like a lord. <laughs> what do you mean? They weren't poor. <laughs> no, there was, sure, everything was luxurious, so I didn't have a problem there. Is this the, the capital? Yeah, yeah, Tehran is about 20 miles wide and about 20 miles long, so it's huge. And it, the old part has just disappeared. It's tiny. The city is now enormous. It has about 10 million population. Yeah, it's huge. But when I was travelling back the first time, traveling back with a bunch of Iranians on a bus. But when they got to the border, the border guards didn't believe them. And they took the wheels off the bus and took the tires out looking for drugs. And I was sitting next to a Japanese Iranian who had, you know, a suitcase full of notes. Full of what? Dollar notes.
and I was in the bazaar one day, and somebody came up and said, run, get out fast, because the secret, you know, the, the, the gashed religious police were looking, had seen me wearing a tie, and uh, they were going to get me. So I had to run like hell, then jump from a taxi and go. What would have happened if they got you? They're kids, so they don't understand anything. And they would... I don't know, it probably beat me up, but it wasn't good to be a Westerner. Nothing would have happened. Actually, nothing would have happened. I would have argued. And they would have seen the error of their ways. But some of them were a bit dangerous. And the other time I was walking through the bazaar and a hand grabbed me on the shoulder. And I thought, oh no. It was a carpet seller who wanted to tell me dirty jokes to practice his English. <laughs> so he took me into his little shop told me about 50 really, really dirty jokes, <laughs> hoping that I would laugh. And yeah, but they were really so crude and bad. <laughs> but he was very proud that he, you know, he knew these dirty jokes. <laughs> and I was a Westerner, so I'd understand them. <laughs> so yeah, travel to Iran is fantastic. It's, it's fun. And nobody gets into any trouble. But everyone is really nice. So yeah, I love the Iranians. Thank you so much, Gordon, for sharing and taking part. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Gordon provided that musical breakdown partway through the episode. It's a song called Get Nervous, uh, which you can find on SoundCloud. And you can also find a link to the website for his furniture store. Uh, also on our website, we've posted a link there. Uh, make sure you go check out Kiva. We love Kiva. Kiva.org, K-I-V-A. Make a small loan to make a big difference uh, to someone on the other side of the world. And thank you, as always, to Dana Boulay for the wonderful music that she provided for the beginning and ending. You can find more of her music on iTunes. great educator and philosopher John Dewey says, every experience is a moving force. <laughs>